0: Friday, October 6th, episode 4. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, Hi, this is Dr. Stout, continuing where we left off. Uh, But I'm taking a bit of a tangent. So we were talking about the growth of the brain and uh, uh, imagination and abstract thought and language and art and all of that sort of interconnected uh, aspects of human evolution. And I wanted to uh, go into a little bit of uh, my own research, which is on dopamine, uh, and i thought this would be interesting because uh dopamine is um uh sort of the reason we do things it's 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 the goal in our life it's it's the uh it's the reward for what we do and uh, i wanted to talk a little bit about my own theories on dopamine which are different from uh what uh, a lot of the uh, established uh uh work on dopamine uh would would claim so uh i have um I have some uh, different, different thoughts on the, on the subject. So uh, I uh, was interested uh, in, in looking at dopamine mostly because I have uh, very little funding and I wanted to have something that I could uh, just uh, try out. And uh, dopamine is relatively inexpensive. And I had a bunch of crayfish in my lab. So uh, I wanted to see what would happen if I gave dopamine to crayfish. This isn't something that uh, was a you know major major grant or anything. It was just sort of a fishing expedition in that I was just trying something out to see what would happen. And uh, all the literature agreed; it all said the same thing: that dopamine is a stimulant. Uh, dopamine is the uh, sort of active ingredient in things like cocaine or nicotine or caffeine or um, basically all methamphetamine. All all the stimulants are are in everyone's opinion dopamine. And so they are, uh, they are dopamine. Or well, they... They, so here's the thing. Dopamine cannot be given directly to a mammal because we have a brain blood barrier. If you take dopamine, it doesn't get to your brain. And so what we do to get that good feeling from dopamine, the reward is we take dopaminergic drugs, drugs that generate dopamine in the brain mm. and so it's already in the brain when it's generating the dopamine and that makes us feel good and those That's what makes us addicted to these drugs. So all those drugs that you mentioned cause us to to generate the dopamine in, in some our, way okay. in some way they do, Sometimes they do it in different ways. But yes, we we, we we end up with more dopamine in the brain and we feel great mm. uh, And so uh, I thought that I would be giving dopamine to my crayfish And it'll be interesting because as far as I could tell, no one had ever done this. They'd done it with rats, they'd done it with a bunch of different things, but they hadn't tried crayfish. And so it was just sort of a fishing expedition. You know, low level science, let's try something. And so I gave the dopamine to the crayfish and the crayfish slowed down. Everything said they should speed up, but the crayfish slowed down. So I said, okay, let's try that again. Clearly I'm not doing this right. And I tried it again and I tried it again. I tried a different species of crayfish and still every time I gave it to them, they, they 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 moved more slowly. So I was just I was just looking at them walking over a grid uh after I'd done some things to get them to walk over a grid. It's really actually hard to get crayfish to walk around. They either want to hide or they want to run the whole time with no no differences. So I had to get them calm, but not too calm. But anyway, I, I figured out how to do all that. Then I gave them the dopamine and they slowed down. And I could compare it without the dopamine, they were faster. Um and so you know, the first stuff I started doing was, you know, what, what make them move around faster. So I just tried some very simple things. I know crayfish like food. So I took uh, the water that filtered through some food and I gave it to the crayfish and that definitely made them move around faster. But again, even in the present, when I added dopamine, even the presence of food filtrate, they'd slow down again. So then I wanted a lot more data. Uh, The crayfish, I just couldn't get enough crayfish to get really good statistics. So I started working with a much smaller shrimp that breed much faster called cherry shrimp, and I was able to get a ton of data. Same results. Uh, Every time I gave it to them, they slowed down. So why would this be? Um, I had to come up with a, a, a sort of new hypothesis. I thought I was dealing with a stimulant, and I was clearly not dealing with a stimulant. It's possible that crayfish are just unlike all other organisms, but that didn't seem true or or all crustaceans are unlike all other organisms. That didn't seem likely. So I I wanted to just sort of uh, think about this for a little bit. And uh, I realized that because there was no brain blood barrier, all of these stimulants were being given to organisms as a collection of different different drugs, essentially, that could have different effects. And one of the things that all of these stimulants also have in common is epinephrine. Uh, So basically adrenaline. And I do not claim that adrenaline is not a stimulant. It's something I'm going to be working with soon. So that's sort of a direction I'm going. But I had to figure out what was happening. Why would people uh, think of something as a stimulant that was really uh, not a stimulant, was, was, was the opposite of that was, is in some way inhibitory. And I realized that uh, what people had done is they had mistook the nature of a reward. And we think of a reward as a stimulant. A reward is what makes you want to do something. But if you think about the donkey chasing a carrot tied to a stick, if you actually give the carrot to the donkey, the, the donkey stops chasing that carrot. It's sort of, uh, I tell my students, it's, it's it's like a grade. You're trying for the grade. The A is your reward. But if I give you the A at the beginning of the class, you all slow down. And so uh, people had been thinking about rewards in the wrong way. They'd been thinking about rewards as something that causes you to do something. Uh, and then a lot of the research out there, I'm not saying any of the researchers had done anything wrong. All of their research was correct, but I think they've been misinterpreting it. So the classic stuff that's done on, uh, on, on uh, rats they would give dopaminergic drugs. They would see them become stimulated. And then they would block that. They would use uh, haloperidol, halbal, the uh, antipsychotic drug. It blocks all dopamine receptors. And they would watch the uh, rats become catatonic. And the rats would just lie there flat. And so in my model, this was because they no longer had anything to strive for, right? There was nothing in their life worth doing anything, not even standing up. Because they no longer have the option of getting an A, right? So you you tell the kids, none of you are going to pass this class no matter what you do. They're also not going to do any work, right? So what happens if I then give them a little bit of that thing they want? Just a tiny, tiny bit. The rat's going to get up or at least do something. So what these researchers did back in the late 80s was they put a little bit of cocaine in some water or a little bit of sugar in some water, put it directly into the rat's mouth, watch the rat bother to suck it down so there was a tiny tiny bit of a reward and they said this means that the reward is not the same as the thing that makes them want to suck the reward is actually um, a stimulus and it's a measure of <laughs> so the dopamine is a stimulus and it's what they call a salience measure it's a measure of the value of the thing you're going to get at some later date and so dopamine is is The thing that tells you you have a carrot in front of you, but is not itself the carrot. And to me this seemed a rather... um, Magical? Yeah, it, it, see, it, it, it reminded me of, of sort of the Ptolemaic universe where they start adding epicycles to things. And they're coming up with, with um you know, William of Ockham, Ockham's Razor. He said that you shouldn't uh, multiply entities. What he was talking about was angels. How many angels do you need between you and God? Do you need to keep multiplying angels so you can talk to God? Probably not. So we shouldn't multiply entities. This seemed like they were multiplying entities, that they were um, going against Ockham's Razor. Now, sometimes Ockham's wrong. Sometimes the complex explanation is true, especially in things like, you know, neuroscience where things are very very complicated already the brain has many many feedback loops all acting on each other it's very difficult to tease apart cause and effect one reason i really like working with crustaceans crayfish everything is very direct no brain blood barrier i can put the dopamine in and they respond to it instantly Uh, so the the, the, the the model out there was that dopamine was a measure of salience. Uh, it was uh, stimulatory. The more uh, salience something had, the more you would want it. So the more dopamine you encountered in relation to it, the more you would want that thing. But the thing was always going to be a future thing. It was not... Or, or it was something else that wasn't dopamine. And I haven't quite figured out what they're trying to say. It was, it was the cocaine or the sugar or this thing they put in the mouth that made the, 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 the rat happy. Mm. Um, But it wasn't the dopamine itself uh, because their reasoning was if you blocked all dopamine with haloperidol and the rat is lying there flat on the ground, it wouldn't look happy when you put cocaine in its mouth. I'm reasoning that it would look happy when you put cocaine in its mouth because suddenly it's getting a little bit of that dopamine it wanted. And under those circumstances, dopamine will be slightly stimulatory in that you're finally getting that thing you thought you couldn't get before similar experiment in fruit flies so something that actually doesn't have a brain blood barrier uh, is a, uh, a, a an invertebrate um, you know not exactly a crustacean but very closely you know, the arthropod something with a jointed exoskeleton uh, and what they did is they made fruit flies that didn't express dopamine now if you remove all dopamine the thing's dead so it had a tiny bit but it, it was a it, what they called a dopamine knockout fruit fly so it wasn't expressing any dopamine and these these fruit flies were lying around doing nothing like the rats were They put a tiny bit of sugar water uh, with some dopamine under the fruit flies and the fruit flies started drinking the sugar water with the dopamine in it and so they said this confirmed what they'd seen in the rats that they were the, the, the fruit flies were acting exactly as the rats were dopamine was not a reward dopamine was something that measured the the, the, the reason you would bother sucking uh, was because you were now getting some dopamine and so dopamine was a stimulant and it was all just a measure of award I find all of this confusing and too much okay a reward is the measure of a reward if I want to know how much money I'm gonna get. It's the pile of money, right? The the A is the measure of the reward. The A is not separate from the thing you're trying for. The actual grade is the thing you're trying to get. Dopamine is the actual reward. You measure the reward by how much dopamine you get. Now there's some interesting things. You can get more dopamine when um, you get an unexpected thing that's happening to you. So if you meet someone beautiful, who you really, really like for the first time, your brain is gonna release a bunch of dopamine. You meet them a second time, uh, your brain's gonna release a slightly less dopamine. But you're gonna to want to meet them that second time because of that first time when you got that reward. So dopamine tells you what to do, it gives you a little bit of an extra sort of extra credit if you get something unexpected happening, uh, but it's the measure of the things you want to do. Uh, and our brain can't tell the difference. So uh, it, it'll, it'll give us dopamine for almost anything. Our primate ancestors would have seen fruit um, ripening on a tree. That fruit would have turned orange or red, signaling, let's go get that fruit. That Those are, those are colors that will stimulate some dopamine. So we're often stimulated by flashing lights and bright colors. This is what all the video games do to give us rewards and make us want to come back and do it. This is why we... Uh, Things that are addictive give us dopamine, and part of the reason why many uh, things online can be addictive is the, the fast editing, the flashing lights, the bright colors, all of these things stimulate our brain, give us rewards, and make us want to come back. I'm not arguing with any part of that particular uh, model. I'm just saying that uh, I, th- I think they're thinking about these things wrong, that dopamine is exactly what we've always thought it was. It's a reward. Uh, and you give something the reward, they slow down, but you prevent all rewards and they also slow down and you give a little bit of a reward back again and things might start moving again because now they have an incentive. They, they, they know what they're going to try for. So, again, it's the carrot on the end of the stick. You give them the carrot. They don't they don't chase it anymore. But if there's no carrot there, they also don't chase it. Right. So dopamine is the, the actual physical goal. Uh, and, uh, all of my research seemed to, 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 to go with that really well. I was able to, um, uh, I isolate at least one of the causes for stimulation in crayfish, right? I, I started off with looking at food filtrate. Uh, I then found out it's the amino acid, um, uh, uh glutamate that really makes them run around. Uh, and, um, I, 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 this is glutamate is interesting. It's Almost the only thing that does go through a brain blood barrier uh, is the number one stimulatory uh, neurotransmitter in the brain, uh, and uh, it's definitely the signal for food in in crayfish, and it's also the signal for uh, protein in our in our in our tastes. Right, so we only have a few tastes, you know, sa- salty, it, it savory. Passes, it passes through the. Blood brain, brain, blood factor. barrier. Yeah. So, so if you eat glutamate, it will go into your brain and, and is having an effect as a neurotransmitter. I had not really realized this until I started doing this research. Um, and so uh, glutamate uh, for, the, for, for the crayfish or the shrimp is a signal that they've, there's, so, there's food somewhere in the water. And so they run around. I give them dopamine. They slow down again. I block that dopamine with haloperidol, They speed back up again. Um, I suspect if I tried longer term studies, if I gave them heloperidol for an entire day, they wouldn't speed back up again, right? They would just stay slowed down because now they have no reward. Um, I think that part of what I'm doing is I'm I'm working with undergraduates, no one has any patients, we have no funding. So I do (laughs) 20 minute experiments. And so in those 20 minutes, if I block dopamine, all, all the, the the shrimp don't realize they've lost the carrot. They just think that the carrot is hidden somewhere, so they have to keep running around looking for it. I think if I did it for 24 hours, they would they would run out of energy. Over time, there'd yeah, be no yeah. carrot. Yeah, and anymore. so these are some directions I want to go with my future research. Um, I particularly want to look at uh, caffeine. Caffeine is a nice legal drug that I can work with. Um, and uh, I've actually found research out there that says caffeine is a stimulant uh, in shrimp. And I'm like, aha. And they said it's a stimulant in shrimp because of dopamine. I said you're wrong. Uh, so I can I can I can demonstrate this because I can block um, I can block uh, epinephrine. I can I can uh, use uh, beta blockers and alpha blockers to block all the receptors for the uh, adrenaline-related drugs. It'll do neuroepinephrine. All of these things. Um, I can block uh, dopamine, and I can give both these things. So I can give caffeine on its own. I can give caffeine with dopamine blocked. I can give caffeine with epinephrine blocked and I can give these things separately. So I can show that dopamine is not a stimulant on its own. Epinephrine is a stimulant on its own. And then I can show caffeine working with and without these things. So that's sort of my future direction. I'm planning that next semester. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in what I will find because I did, you know, a couple hundred shrimp, Uh, and, 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 and many, many crayfish, uh, looking at them with dopamine and haloperidol. And definitely it is, it is inhibitory. Uh, and I also have some other hints. Um, the model using dopamine as a measure of, as they say, salience, I I, I call it team salience. Uh, (laughs) team salience can't explain all of, um, the uh, available observational data out there um it certainly works in their rat models because of how i described it right you you give them haloperidol they're flat you put some cocaine in their mouth they bother to bother to suck it and look happy about it um that's like their whole model is based on uh if you think about adhd adhd is classified as a dopamine deficiency because of my work with glutamate i wonder if it's more a uh, glutamate surfeit, right? So that it might be neurotransmitters activating the brain too much rather than uh, not having enough dopamine. But the model works for me, right? If, if you have more dopamine, you are more focused because you're not seeking something all the time. You're not looking for that carrot. If you have a little bit of that carrot, you're going to calm down a little bit. And so that would actually align with the ADHD model. People who uh, have attention deficit deficit disorder are always seeking rewards. They have a tendency to uh, seek uh, dopamine-providing drugs. Uh, They have a tendency to do uh, thrill-seeking. They often make a a lot of bad decisions because they're always looking for that next reward. And so the model is that they don't have enough dopamine. I'm not positive this this model is entirely right. I think it might be too much glutamate, but that's a separate issue. Uh, But certainly more dopamine would help, right? They would would calm down. So how do we treat ADHD? We give people essentially amphetamines. We give amphetamines to people who are hyperactive to calm them down. How does this make any sense? It makes sense because the dopamine calms them down. They now had a reward the epinephrine portion is still stimulating. If you are, if you are, have ADHD and you are taking uh, a, 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 an amphetamine, you're gonna have a hard time eating because that's what stimulants do. Your heart is gonna race quickly because that's what stimulants do, particularly norepinephrine. You're gonna have um, a hard time sleeping because that's what stimulants do. It's not that the amphetamine has suddenly magically for you not being a stimulant. You as, as someone with ADHD certainly um, are being stimulated, by amphetamines. So uh, according to your theory then what would be a better treatment? <sighs> that would be hard. Um uh something that 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 slows down the amount of glutamate in the brain, um providing uh dopamine in some way separate from the stimulatory effects of amphetamines would be another possibility. You know, um amphetamines are not the only way to get uh uh dopamine to the brain. It's just that in general uh dopamine is uh, you know, found in stimulants but there are a few other things uh marijuana for example uh uh, is slightly less stimulatory but does provide dopamine it just has its own issues memory etc um uh, too much dopamine actually does have problems okay so uh this is why for example uh, methamphetamine use is often associated with various kinds of psychosis dopamine leads to schizophrenia schizophrenics have way too much dopamine in their brain uh, and so you treat schizophrenics with something like uh, halodol, haloperidol. Classic, uh, you know, uh, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So the people don't stand there, don't say anything, don't move because they've been given this dopamine-blocking thing, and they have no no joy in their life. We've gotten a little bit better with this. There are a few um, selective antipsychotics that uh, block some dopamine somewhere in the brain, but not other places. So it's been a little bit adjusted. But these are uh, these are uh, ways that we've figured out to. Um, uh, lower agitation in 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 um, uh, uh, you know pa- patients who are in, in you know mental distress. Haloperidol uh, will work that way because it's often too much uh, dopamine. So these are what we see often with um, uh, things like amphetamines and 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 with uh, with, with, with cannabis as well. Uh, typically, the side effects include paranoia. This is a side effect that is caused by too much dopamine uh so um these these drugs have what you would expect in terms of you know classic effects as predicted uh they work as rewards they 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 make us want them more um, and, it, and the model fits for most of it, right? So that dopamine is, in fact, a measure of a reward. But that reward is the dopamine. So their model kind of works for a lot of situations, but I don't think ex- it explains uh, ADHD people, right? It doesn't explain why it would make you focus more when you're given an amphetamine. Uh, it, doesn't ex- it, it doesn't explain the entire model, right? Why, why would hyperactivity be defined as a dopamine deficiency if we think dopamine causes activity? right? Hyperactivity would be more of that thing. What happens when you have too much dopamine is, uh, you end up with, 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 with psychosis, which is something else entirely. So, uh, not enough dopamine. We run around looking for things too much dopamine, we become paranoid. Uh, but if we can nail it just right, then we're happy. And so this is, this is, this is, um, you know, I'm in agreement with the original model of dopamine, that dopamine is a reward. It's the reason we want to do things, and our brain can't tell the difference between one thing of dopamine and another, right? So uh, if we meet the person we love, we get dopamine, but if we want to invite someone on on a date, you take them out to dinner, the person can't tell the difference between the dopamine provided by the dinner and the dopamine provided by the sparkling conversation, right? So our brain just... (laughs) <laughs> eats all this stuff up, right? We were evolved to be attracted to uh, bright colors and um, uh, uh, things that uh, would give us food as as primates and monkeys in the trees. Um, so we give each other uh, a bunch of flowers uh, when we go on a date. The bright colors of the flowers provide dopamine to the brain, signal those things that are attracted to these colors, uh, and Again, you can't tell the difference because so you now like the person who gave you the flowers because the flowers gave you a reward. Uh, And our brain can't tell the difference between the person and the flowers. Uh, Same thing with perfume. So, um, you know, I was just talking to my students about this. Uh, Flowers have a scent to attract a pollinator, those scents were originally derived from uh, insect sex pheromones. Uh, And the flowers didn't want to just have those particular sex pheromones, but they wanted to attract moths and butterflies. So they modified slightly moth and butterfly insect sex pheromones and made a perfume out of it to attract the moths and butterflies to come as pollinators. We then take that same thing that's been um, evolved, co-evolved between animals and plants to attract animals, and we put that perfume on ourselves. When someone comes and smells it, they get a little dopamine reward and they say, oh, I really like you. And what they really like is the scent of, scent of something tasty or, 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 or the floral smell that is originally designed as a, as a, a plant manipulation to cause a dopamine response in a, in a moth. Uh, and so uh, all across the, 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 the animal kingdom, uh, dopamine is, is, is used as, as, as incentives, as ways to make things happen. Plants are constantly manipulating these things. They found small amounts of caffeine in nectar, uh, again, rewarding uh, things to come back. Dopamine is associated with memory. They think that when bees find a little bit of caffeine in the nectar, they'll remember that plant over other plants because now they've been given a little bit more of the reward. Um, I think there may well be some interactions with uh, glucose, but that's complicated. Um, So some things are themselves attractive, like glucose is the number one uh, energy molecule for all cells and all things. Uh, So uh, I think glucose maybe is even more primary to uh, to as a a thing we want than even dopamine is, but again, dopamine would be the measure of how good that glucose was, right? right? So if you get a piece of candy, immediately your your brain is is releasing some dopamine and saying, do that again. That was great, right? And then you'll want that even more if the candy is brightly colored, right? Uh, So all all of these things are, are, are related uh, we we're we're always seeking these these various rewards we're using them in our lives all the time you know the fashion industry talks about dopamine colors they're talking about red and yellow and orange the things that would signal a ripe fruit to a primate um, they there they're these these are our um, co-evolved heritage of uh, rewards that plants have manipulated into our brains if we didn't Uh, If we had not learned how to uh, respond to the bright colors of a ripe fruit, we would have starved. So we responded to those bright fruits. The plants wanted us to spread their seeds, right? They wanted us to eat the orange and poop out the orange seeds. So the plants... Co-evolved with us, they made better colors when we ate those things. Uh, they got, they did better because they spread their seeds. Um, if we didn't see those colors and we didn't get a reward from it, we didn't eat the food and so we didn't didn't survive. So this was a co-evolution of of a system of rewards that had already pre-existed, and that's that's why I think that um, it's legitimate to be working with uh, crayfish and uh, crustaceans in general, uh, because uh, I think that the dopamine is so basic to, uh, the way, um, uh, all life has evolved, uh, that, uh, looking at an entirely another branch of the animal kingdom, uh, other than, other than mammals, I, I, I think is useful. And I think what I have done is, is I've come up with a simpler model that explains how dopamine works, uh, that, uh, is, is, is better than the existing ones. And it, and it explains more of the, of the observed, uh, uh, you know, universe around us fascinating <laughs> Well, thank you so much <laughs> alright so that's, that's my research I will uh, talk again uh, next one, week one bit of your research yes well that's, that's what I'm focusing on at this particular moment in time alright very good well thank you very much we'll uh, see you next time excellent thank you